Hello, and welcome to Human Is My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Hello, everybody. It is Monday, March 30th, and we are back again. Thank you for joining me. And we are going to talk today about mental health. And it's mental health both in this pandemic, but also in the workplace. The workplace, I'm going to briefly touch on, and then I'm definitely going to do a whole podcast about that because it's really a topic I get many, many questions about on a regular basis. And between my seminars as well as my coaching, this is something I get often and how to navigate mental health in the workplace for those who are experiencing it, but also those who uh, of people who are working with those people. And so those are the, the invisible disabilities and non-visible disabilities that I get the most questions about. But now we're seeing mental health and the effects of mental health in the workplace in a whole different light because of the, the pandemic of the coronavirus. And so many of us are working from home and experiencing levels of anxiety and depression and fear and all these things on a regular basis. And it's really, really fascinating to watch what's happening. So we are going to talk about mental health. And then in a future podcast, very soon, we are going to talk about mental health in the workplace specifically. So when we talk about mental health, often we talk about it in two different ways. Now there's, you know, self-care or being compassionate to yourself, and that's your taking care of your mental well-being, and that's mindfulness, and that's meditation, and that's making sure you're taking time and making space for yourself and doing things that are good for yourself. And that is one thing that's really been... Um, growing as an industry in the in the past you know few years and we're hearing a lot more about it in the workplace and so there's that piece of mental health and then there's the other side of mental health which is where there's mental health conditions or disabilities and it's very interesting how differently people talk about the two one is very positive and you're doing the right thing and you're doing making all these changes and one is very stigmatized um, you know, the crazy people or people who experience schizophrenia, you know, these things are talked about as if they're a choice or as if this person has chosen to act, feel, have their brain act in this way. But when we talk about it on the other side, you know, people are just saying, I'm so stressed out and I'm anxious and they see it in a whole different light than, uh, 
mental health condition or disability. And so it's really interesting to see those parallels and then talk about them in the light right now. And then also looking at how this is feeling to those who do have chronic or you know permanent mental health conditions that are seeing people now saying, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious, I'm so stressed out, I'm so depressed because I have to sit in the house all the time. And these are all very real things, but then we're not really looking at how people experiencing mental health uh, challenges, conditions, disorders are going to, how they function in the workplace every day. And so I think this is a great time to bring this topic up, like I said, and I really hope it brings some awareness to how you're feeling if you are able to work from home. When you're seeing this news come in and your anxiety is high and you are just overwhelmed with everything that's always penetrating our brains with this whole coronavirus thing, and take a moment and think, wow, there are people that function like this in the workplace every single day and they want to have purpose just like I do. They want to have an income just like I do. They want to have all the things I have but this is how they have to navigate the world every day. And so I really want you to pay attention to your levels of productivity. I want you to pay attention to how you feel when you get the you know news of people who aren't doing well or watching the numbers of people who are dying or our numbers in the US that are going higher and higher and higher every day. That is some people's everyday level of anxiety or depression or fear or um, not being able to focus. That is some people's every day, yet they're still out there pushing through it and, and making the best effort they can to be in the workplace and be productive and be, have a purpose just like everybody else. And so I wanted to bring all these things up. So bringing that awareness is, is first and foremost for today. Now, as I mentioned, I, I told you coaching, my coaching, I do, like I said, individual, family, life coaching, if, you'll call, if you want to call it that, um, and really talking through people's current situations. And that has increased significantly. And it's really interesting because a lot of you are, including myself, are like, oh my gosh, if I have to spend one more day in my house with my kids and my husband, I don't know what I'm going to do. And there are a lot of people out there on the opposite end of the spectrum. They don't have anybody at home with them. It is quiet unless they're watching TV. They have very little human interaction. There's no touch, which every human needs to be touched, needs contact with humans. We all, we all crave that and want that. We all need to have real live conversations and, and be able to see facial expressions to interact and engage with people. And this is a conversation I've had with um, a lot of the people in my circle of legally blind, blind, visually impaired friends is the amount of isolation that comes with disability. And it is very difficult for a lot of people with disabilities to make friends because of the fact that, you know, we're still seen as different. We're still seen as, oh, I don't know how to interact with this person and, oh, do I, what do I, how do I, all these things. And so a lot of people out there are needing human conversation. 
and it feels good that I can provide those conversations and I get to know these people and I know they're all amazing people and that the isolation in itself is so, so, so very hard for people. Um, then we look at people who need caregivers in this situation. A lot of people, you know, we're all worried about going to the grocery store. Well, if you need 24-hour care in order to get you to and from uh, your wheelchair to bed to wherever in your home, you are counting, you know, taking that risk of having people come in and out of your home that are usually working with other clients and could be carrying coronavirus into your house. And this, this is a normal thing for these people, whether it's the flu or corona. You know, it's, it's a risk that they have to take if they want to get in and out of bed every day. And so a lot of those caregivers have been um, minimized. So if you, can, if you normally have five a day, you only have one or two a day and you know where those people are. And so even that, those relationships and those contacts and those, those people that, you know, help these people, but also get to know these people every day are not there. And so that piece of connection is missing. So just keeping in mind that the, you know, the things, it's all about perspective. That's a huge piece of mental health in the regards of how we see, um, our situation and the levels of anxiety and the levels of depression, really thinking about how we look at our lives. Because, you know, those those of us with families are like, oh, if I could just be alone and quiet, um, that is completely the opposite of somebody who's sitting at home by themselves and doesn't have anybody to talk to and gets their groceries delivered and doesn't go out because they don't have that the ability to on their own or they just don't have the friendships and the family members right then and there to be around and if the other fam friends and family aren't quarantined as well you know it's it's this is a big thing so keeping perspective that's one thing i want everybody to really be mindful of today so perspective so I wanted to take it back a step again and talk about those of us who are feeling anxiety for the first time, feeling legitimate anxiety or panic around this epidemic or pandemic, and really take a step back. Um, it's interesting. You see on social media, you hear from your friends and, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out or, oh, this is causing such anxiety. Or like it's that once upon a time was something that none of us would say anxiety or I'm so stressed out like that once upon a time wasn't even acceptable and it's great that at least that is and but there's also that piece of there are people truly out there not just dramatizing it. I don't want to say that in a bad way, but I can say, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. And it's really just me being challenged in many, many areas of my life and which is causing stress because that's growth in a way. And when we grow, we are stressed a little bit, but the true feelings of anxiety and panic that people experience are a whole nother thing. And so there are people out there experiencing those feelings for the very first time. And I really, really, really want to encourage those people to not just superficially say, I'm so 
anxious, but to really slow down. If you have that person you can talk to and trust in your family or in, in your friend circle, or if you have a counselor or if you have a life coach or a wellness coach or a coach of any kind, to stop and say, no, I'm not just saying this. I am truly being affected by this and I need help understanding it and getting a hold of it and making sure that it doesn't keep growing and growing and growing because true panic and anxiety and fear can truly paralyze you if you cannot get it under control. And it is something you can control, but it takes a lot of training and being able to talk to people about it. And so if you are one of those people who say, oh my gosh, Emily, I'm so stressed out, like, ugh, and I go, oh, I know, me too, and da-da-da-da-da, and we just keep going on in conversation, I want you and I am encouraging you all to stop and say, no, I am really, really feeling anxious. My heart's racing. I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I'm shortness of breath or I get dizzy or I'm scared. I'm, you know, paralyzed at times because I don't even know what to do and I'm overwhelmed. So just stop and listen to me for a minute and help me or get in touch with somebody who can help you. So don't just superficially run over it if it's really truly affecting you. So talk about it ask somebody for help, and then create a plan. So it's TAP, T-A-P, TAP. Talk about it, ask, create a plan. Find a plan, find something to do while we're in quarantine to focus on. We have to focus on something. I'm a huge fan of Rachel and Dave Hollis, and if you are looking for something to focus on tomorrow, or today, Monday, they are starting the 90 days or next 90 days hashtag next 90 days pretty sure that's what it is um but for 90 days you focus on five things you drink half your body weight in ounces you have a practice of gratitude you give up one food group that or one one thing one thing you consume whether it's alcohol food whatever um something that's not good for your body you get 30 minutes of exercise, and I'm missing one. And you wake up an hour early, or than you usually do, in order to take time for yourself and plan your day. One of the biggest things that I have struggled with is keeping some kind of a structure through all this. I've been home now for, this will be my third week, and working from home and juggling being a mom and being a wife and being a full-time employee employee, and making sure I'm doing all this at the same time. And so my husband and I have really talked about, okay, so you have these hours. This is what we need to do for the kids. This is where we're at with the jobs. You're making lunch. I'm making breakfast. I'm, you're making dinner. We really schedule it out. But so those are the five things. So the next 90 days, um, it's a Rachel and Dave challenge. And so today I am starting. So I got up at 530 to do my workout. So I get on the treadmill first thing. And then I start drinking my water. So I have to drink all half my body weight in ounces. I do my gratitude practice. And I do that with 
you know, uh, along with uh, Rachel Hollis's philosophy, so I write down five things I'm grateful for, and they're little things, not like life is beautiful and the blue, you know, it's little things in life. And then I do my 10 things, my 10 goals, and then um, as of today, I am not drinking, so you can break up the things you you cut out of your food diet um, or drinking or whatever. So you can do it 30 days at a time. So for the first 30 days, I am not drinking alcohol. And this is something I, I don't struggle with as far as alcoholism, but I definitely have a habit of, you know, drinking it in the evenings. It brings me down a notch and something I've wanted to give up for a long time. So here it is, 30 days, no drinking. I am putting that on the air today. Uh, March 30th, um, I am not going to drink alcohol for 30 days. And that's a really good thing for me. It's not something, it's something I definitely have to think about doing, consciously think about doing. So those are my things. And what I am telling you all this for is that focus on something else. Get the statistics, do what we're supposed to do, get the bare minimum news, and get away from everything else. Do what we're supposed to do. Stay inside. Stay, keep your social distance. Go to work, work from home, whatever it is you got to do, but do what you're supposed to do and then find something else to focus on for the next even 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever it is, but find something, make a plan and plan out your days and stick to it. This is, these are the things that are really going to um, keep us mentally healthy for the next through this pandemic and so I really encourage you all to do that if you are needing help like I said my coaching has gone up significantly in the last couple weeks because people just need somebody to talk to number one and to help them put this plan together some people are so um overwhelmed at this point that they don't even know where to start and so it's really backing them up those steps so definitely get in touch with me um it's emily.purry at purryco p-u-r-r-y-c-o.com and just email me and we'll figure out something and or if you have somebody this isn't a sales pitch but i am a resource and i have especially the disability piece but obviously if you don't have a disability that's fine too um but I understand how challenging it can be with a disability to find that that peace and find that that take care of yourself peace. Because, you know, for me with a vision disability, it's hard to sit and watch TV and be comfortable like my kids and my family. They can sit on the couch. I can't sit on the couch. I have to sit really close to the TV or have my iPad. So that's not a comfortable situation for me as it is for many. So I have to find something else to do. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see me sitting out in my soccer tent. I couldn't find a quiet place in the house. It was too cold outside. I just wanted a place to drink my coffee in the quiet. So I pulled out the soccer tent and I put my lawn chair in there and I sat in there with my blanket and I got to have a quiet moment. And so these are the things we have to do. We have to get creative, but some people just really need help to do that. And so if you have a counselor, if you have a friend who's good at this kind of stuff, that's not going to shame you for being overwhelmed, not going to shame you for being anxious, not going to do all those things. Reach out. Definitely, definitely reach out. Um, and then the last thing I want to finish up with is give people grace. 
if you know people with disabilities, if you know people without disabilities, reach out to them. And if they're super stressed out, if they're overwhelmed, if they're negative, if they are any of those things, definitely, definitely try to encourage them to come out of it. But if they don't right away, give them their time to be stressed out. Don't push them beyond it. If they want to sit in it and vent, that is fine. It's just a matter of how long they sit in it because we all have to go through our processes. We're all going to go through stages of grief for everything we've lost. Some people have already lost their job and they've already going through that. Some people have lost, you know, just going outside. Some people are in apartments. Some people, you know, are just isolated to the point where they, you know, there's a stage of grief and we are all in it somewhere. So we just have to make sure and check in with our family members, check in with our friends. If you have somebody on your team that you know may need a little extra support or maybe you want to find out, that's okay. Check in with them. How are you? You know, if you need to talk, let me know. I'm always up for it, et cetera, et cetera. Reach out to those people and really try and make those connections and keep those connections and make sure you have resources on hand either people to tell them to reach out to or if you if you yourself are good with talking about these kind of things just make sure and reach out to wrap up i think i'm going to do a different episode on mental health in the workplace because it's a whole different thing this is really more about self-care and through this pandemic but also really considering the awareness that you have right now around being overwhelmed and anxious and stressed and how that is affecting your workload. And the last thing I want to leave, especially leaders with. So if you're a boss, manager, a supervisor, if you're the leader of a company, productivity is very important. And I know this is a very, very hard time for a lot of companies. However, if we're only thinking about productivity, and if we're only thinking about how much work is being done or not being done, and there's no credit given, given to the fact that this is extremely stressful for everybody, employees are going to feel and are feeling overwhelmed. And sometimes they just need that grace of saying, hey, I know this is this is nuts and I know that as your as your boss, as your supervisor, I, I do want you to work and I know that this is affecting how I work. I know I am panicked at times and I know I am feeling anxious and I am, you know, <laughs> wondering how long this is going to last and I'm going through all those emotions as well. And so I don't expect you to not feel those things, but definitely if, if there's anything you, I, I can do, I can, you know, just, just be there for your people and don't expect work, 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 because at some point, none of us know what's going to happen. And the more stress that there is placed on that individual, I feel like the less work is getting done. And this is just from clients that I've been talking to 
that just feel like I, I'm supposed to be working, I'm supposed to be working, and I just am so overwhelmed with everything that I can't even work, and so then I'm going to lose my job. And then, so the panic just keeps piling on top of that person because of the pressure that's coming from leadership. And so if you are a leader, give your people grace, give your people that understanding, be vulnerable with them so that they know that you're human too. You're not just a boss that's going to push, 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 but they need that humanity. They need you to understand that, that things are going to be hard and there's going to be times where you do lose focus and it's okay, but let's get back on it. Let's see what we can do. Let's see how we can change this and, and keep moving through the world. So I feel like this podcast is all over the place, so I apologize if it is, but mental health for people experiencing chronic or permanent mental health conditions, but also in this pandemic and really keeping all those perspectives in mind. And if you need any help, please definitely reach out to me. Again, emily.purry, that's P-U-R-R-Y, at purryco.com. So emily.purry at purryco.com. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Take care and have a great day. And really get focused this week. Try, try to make a plan. If you need help, let me know. Have a good one. And here is my hubby with the six-year-old question. Does the word disability and the stigma that comes with it act as a deterrent to claiming disability? So this is one we get quite a bit about just the word disability. Is that, and when this question says claiming, I'm not sure what that exactly means, but we get the word disability a lot. Is that something people even like? Because it's disability. And I've talked about this a little bit in the language podcast, but at this point, this day and age, the word disability is not offensive. It's not something that we need to change. You will hear people refer it, to it as differently abled, is um, my diverse ability I've heard. And I think overall, most people with disabilities are not afraid of the word disability. We don't necessarily care about that word as much anymore. But again, as I've said with all identities, listen to how somebody refers to themselves. But I think the biggest um, thing with language in this era is that people are really realizing how much language does matter. And so they want to be conscious of it. And so that's where I think this has come up a lot in the past. And a lot of people ask this question because when we think of dis anything, it's negative. And so that's where people think this stigma of disability comes from where it is really a much deeper rooted issue than that. So disability is not a bad word. If people say something else or they're like differently abled, then go with it and definitely use that. But overall, disability is not a bad word. It is just a word. So get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Thank you so much for joining me here today at Human Is My Label. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with your friends, families, and coworkers. Get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. 
If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about RAPID, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N.org. You can find me at emily.purry on Instagram and all my other social handles are below. Have a great day and can't wait to see you next week. Thank you.